Nine, you ready? Let's go! Now live in the Bank Plus studio, where college football meets the all-lifestyle. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the Out of Bounds Show with Bo Bounds. Streaming around the world live at the Out of Bounds radio app. And on your radio at ESPN 105.9. Where are you? The Zone. Good morning. Welcome in. Out of Bounds, 105.9 The Zone ESPN. Brought to you by Mississippi Sports Medicine and Orthopedic Center. MississippiSportsMedicine.com. Any orthopedic challenge or hiccup, Mississippi Sports Medicine, Fortification, Bellhaven, Lakeland Drive, Flowood. I am your host, Bo Bounds. Let's, uh, let's roll through what all we got going on here. We've got the Bet 50 Play 30 at Pearl River Resort. Tomorrow's going to be 64 degrees. So the Timeout Lounge inside the Golden Moon Casino is the sports book. Bet 50, play 30 for Dancing Rabbit Golf Club. 64 degrees tomorrow. Play Dancing Rabbit Golf Club for $30? Bet 50, play 30. Sportsbook, Dancing Rabbit Golf. That's the deal we like to give you. Get paid to play golf. Get paid to play golf at Dancing Rabbit Golf Club. And we had a great time there on Thursday night. We'll be back there soon. Bocoma has a brand new sports book. They spent, invested well into seven figures. It's beautiful. Bocoma, the sister property right outside of Laurel, Mississippi. Bocoma, brand new sports book and restaurant down outside of Laurel. Pearl River Resort, sports book. Bocoma, sports book. Boom, boom. Um, all right, we're ESPN 105.9 The Zone. Let's lay it out again. The Ag Up Equipment text line, 601-885-3776. 601-885-3776. And Twitter X, at Bow Bounds. And then the Tito's Vodka Caller line, 601 601- Seven zero seven thirty seven fifty six zero one seven zero seven thirty seven fifty. Super Bowl is set mm-hmm. with the Chiefs and the 49ers. And then, of course, we've got Mississippi State at Ole Miss tomorrow night. Both teams coming off big wins. And this will be one of two games that they will play against each other. It'll be in the pavilion tomorrow night, and then in a couple of weeks, it'll be in Humphrey Coliseum. You're ready. I'm ready. We're ready. We're streaming live on thezone1059.com and the Out of Bounds radio app, and we want to welcome you in and, and say good morning. Um, Interesting stuff that's going on here in the state of Mississippi. Lane, Lane Kiffin it died, died down a little bit, but uh, just because we got so much going on because NFC, AFC championship games and the dogs and the revs playing good basketball, trying to put themselves in position to go to March Madness. It's it's more fun. You know, there's only so many bids. There's only so many spots because of all the automatic bids that we give for the conference tournament champs, which I don't mm-hmm. agree with. Um, and that's cost. You know, couple of Howland teams, several Stansbury teams, a couple of AK teams. Um, 
but that's what they're, you know, the colonial or the Mac or this or that, the G G sat, whatever it is. Um, those, those guys, and I, I, I get the allure, but, uh, I want more SEC, ACC, you know, big 10, big 12 teams to make the tournament, but we are where we are still great. The format's amazing. Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday is incredible, but we'll get back into, you know, Kiffin and Ole Miss, Levy and Mississippi state. Before we know it, they'll be out on the spring practice football field. Yeah. And portal will die down some now. I mean, everybody's recruiting everybody, right? Everybody's tampering. Um, some teams more than others. And and then we'll get another portal window in late April. I think it's 14 or 15 days. Uh, but you can't transfer within conference in the second one. So you got to go get a G5 player or a kid from the ACC or the Big 12. Keep an eye on what DeBoer and Alabama do. I think they're going to load the boat, and they don't have a, they don't need a lot, but they uh, they may go and throw the gauntlet down, baby. Right? Uh, they kind of have to the I hammer. Mean, yeah. Well, but, I don't know. I, um, I, a lot of those guys were not even on the two deep that people got hot and bothered. I, I love the. Uh, I don't. I don't remember who it was from on three or whatever. No, Chase Goodbread rolled out, you know, exactly how many guys that had played significant playing time, you know, that they lost. Um, Jason immediately goes to, well, they have to. He, he, uh, I think they're going to be really good. I think they're loaded and super talented. Well, I think, let me clarify. I think they have to for morale reasons just to start off because you want Bama fans to think that you know how to work the system that's in play at the moment ah. at a new program like Alabama because he's going to have to. That's okay. Nick Saban. I mean, they talked about how he was tired of doing all that stuff, how health wasn't a big issue, right. but how he was just kind of tired of, you know, sitting in living rooms and then, you know, you got to commit to these kids for three years. You got to promise them everything. They promise you nothing. And then, so whenever you think about what to you have to promise them everything. They promise you nothing. Yeah. I mean, they I take the offer. There is something to, like, to that. Yeah, so I think just because he really needs the Alabama fans on his side and how easy it is to lose them if you're following up Nick Saban, yeah. I think having a big showing in the transfer portal gives them, you know, like, okay, let's give this guy a little time. Okay, can I, I'm going to let you know something. Okay. They're going to be light years better on offense. That's not good for anybody else in the league. No. Or college football. Not at all. I'm just gonna let you they are going to be they were all they they weren't terrible. They just weren't oh, Bama, yeah. you know, Tua, Jalen, Devontae Smith, Ridley, da 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 da. Okay. Right. Uh well, Gibbs. Yeah, right? I, I was I about mean, to say, even Jameer Gibbs. Jameer Gibbs. And and we could get into that later as to why the Lions went away from their two fastest and most I don't know. Back to Alabama. They're going to be, because of Kalen DeBoer and Ryan Grubbs, they're going to be light years better on offense. That's and, so scary. And, and better, at least a tick better on defense. So I just want you to, and if you're Kirby Smart, you've been able to go through a, a little, you know, a, a couple, eh? few years window here of not having close to elite OCs or DCs 
that you had to deal with at Alabama. Guess what? Now, they've got some dudes coaching offense and defense. Not that Saban is not the best to ever program. I mean, as far as running a program, he's the best ever. No doubt. Okay? He's the best ever. And he did it in a climate which you were capped scholarship-wise, 85 scholarships. Bear Bryant could sign 140 people. He was still the GOAT and great. And Nick Saban had to deal with juniors leaving every year. Coach Paul Bear Bryant did not. But I just want you to remember that Saban's been, I mean, Kirby Smart's been going against the program without, for Bama standards, good coaching. Mm. Like when Kirby was there as D.C. Or when Sark or Kiffin were there as O.C.s. Or even McIlwain, who's considered a really good offensive coach. Now they have better play callers, Jason. I think you got to account for that. Yeah, that's a good point. And, uh, and we get Bama, Georgia in September, which is going to be epic, right? Because they can drop a game. See, now it's different. They can drop two games. They're in. Yeah. Bama, Georgia are in. Now, they may not get a bye like the first four teams, it, depending on where you, what all shakes out. Right. Um, They're going to be better on offense, man. I'm talking about significantly better on offense. Like you in church league. Yeah. After you get warmed up those first two or three weeks. I'm telling you. Who wants to deal with your jump shot? Nobody. We're live in the <laughs> Bank Plus studio. The Out of Bounds Show. I'm your host, Bo Bounds. We're on Spotify. Search Out of Bounds with Bo Bounds. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger. Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. All right, Jason is dying for me to mention this, so I'm going to allow Jason to do it. He wants to talk Ole Miss baseball or the stadium. We are the Out of Bounds Show, ESPN 105.9 The Zone. Hey, I want to let you know that Burgers, Blues, and Barbecue is now open where? B3. Flowwood. They're in the same right beside Chipotle. They're local. Amazing burgers, specialty burgers. Um, Their chicken is amazing. The Dirty Bird Wrap, all of it. Their blue plates, specials, nachos, fried pickles. Oh, and they're open for breakfast. And they're doing 50% off this week. Kind of get the crowd going for breakfast. So burgers, blues, and barbecue. Flowwood. Right there in the dogwood. Burgers, Blues, and Barbecue, B3, is right beside Chipotle, and it's better. So, B3, a lot. Burgers, Blues, and Barbecue, eat local, support local. They're in Madison and Brandon. 
but Burgers, Blues, and Barbecue is now open in Flowood, right by Chipotle, right there in Dogwood. Breakfast, lunch, dinner. All right, Jason, give us the news uh, that you want to, that we've talked about a little bit uh, during the breaks and before the show. Yeah, so it was announced that before the, or by the 2026 baseball season, Ole Miss will have a renovation done in Swayze. So it's supposed to add 400 to 500 premium seats along the third base line. I thought you said first. Uh, so I just made sure it was first. So it's third. It's okay. the third base line. Um, and it is also going to have a Tim Elko statue installed, which my opinion on that, I would go Bianco. <laughs> uh, I think right. if we're going to build a statue of anyone, it should probably be the guy that's been here since Tim Elko has been alive. Yeah. Yeah. But I, look, I love Tim, Tim Elko as much as the next guy, maybe more. Uh, oh, do you? Big Tim Elko fan. You look like Tim Elko's younger brother. Uh, with the stash? Yeah. I'll take that. Actually, you do. I'll take that twice on Sunday, every day a week. Uh, but I really think it should be Bianco if you're going to build a statue. Well, he'll get one. I just don't know when. It'll be later, maybe, you know, later on, later on down the road. Yeah, it's, so it's going to be a $30 million project. Okay. They finalized it on the 18th, and like I said... Before the 2026 season, that's when it'll be finished. I guess they'll start after this year? Yeah, so Ole Miss will play in the existing stadium in the 2025 season, and construction will continue as possible around practice and games. So I don't know. I hope it's not like the the Vanderbilt playing a game in a stadium that's being worked on during the game. Mississippi (laughs) State did it. Uh, Grant, they they built one from the ground up, but Mm, they did that that year. Um, and, and it was wild, but, uh, they pulled it off when they built their, their brand new stadium. I mean, they took it down and, and built one. You're, you're doing an add on. Yeah. Um, you know, ideally you'd have probably knocked that thing down about oh nine, 10, 11, 12, 13. But, uh, this is about the 15th add on to, to Swayze. So it, it doesn't have the underneath, it doesn't have the, the M Braves, you know, duty noble look where you've got the, where it's open. Mm, right. And to me, that's, that's really, really cool. Well, we're going to make it a dome soon. We're going to oh, be the only okay. indoor baseball stadium. So that's what we're building up to get the premium seats first. Top that bad boy off. Well, you know, I, I, and it'll look nice. I mean, it'll look good. I, you know, aesthetically, it'll never have that newer look that the way the stadiums are being built today. However, you need more premium seating, and you know what? You know what else? Mississippi State needs more. They just built that stadium, and they need more premium seating. Y'all, Bad. They're fine. They're no. getting fifteen thousand people a game. No, 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 no. They need more premium. I, I, I can't believe I'm saying they need more premium. They actually built that too small. It's not anybody's fault. Jeez. But <laughs> that's but, so crazy. You know, Paul Dement, whatever you want to call it, Duty Noble. Um, it. it yeah, you need more. You need more club level and suites. It's crazy. What's that building behind the stadium called, or like in the outfield where there's like suites and stuff over there? The lofts. Yes, is that that's what they that need is. more there. They were gonna uh, build another whatever building of them because they've got uh, Dak wants one. He's up on the list, and they got a bunch of 
engineering tech guys that have made hundreds of millions of dollars out in Houston and the Bay Area that are, I mean, people are fighting for those. And they need to expand the student section in right field, triple it. Um, I, I mean, didn't even come close to that. That may need to be done first. You know, I don't know. Do you add another level above them? I think you do, but I'm not an architect. I'll let Wareburner, who did the whole stadium, you know, look into that. Um, but that that thing is so packed. They did the the outfield right because they're like little outdoor suites and they're rigs and they've got everybody's got a grill and there's eggs and mm-hmm. all kinds of PK grills and you know that. Traeger left and right. Yeah. But, uh, and they could probably do another level of that, but they need to, they need to expand the student section. I don't know if they will or not. I think it's hard for eighties to justify spending money on any sport outside of football right now because of NIL. That's a good point. I mean, it's the, I mean, Keith pulled the three, was it 340 million? He was going to do it vault Hemingway Mm -hmm. or something insane, right? It was over three. Okay. And you actually have a grown-up as an athletic director now, post-Ross Bjork. And, you know, again, Keith's not going to act like a 19-year-old who steals his parents' Range Rover running around town in Oxford. Um, But you pulled that because of all the money that you're asking for from alums to fund your football team. Well, all sports, but mainly football. It was $215 million. That's it. That's what it was. Yeah. So it was, uh, it was going. Well, to be when it gets rebid, the... it'll be three hundred million. Right. No doubt. Yeah. Two hundred fifteen million. Mm-hmm. What? What all was it? It was going to be spent on the north and west end of the stadiums. Okay. Yeah, the Ross Bjork expansion in the north end that was so nice. <laughs> hey. Concrete. I, I like it in the sun. There's nothing better than that. <laughs> that north end expansion that looks like Veterans Memorial Stadium. Um. All right, go ahead. I interrupted you. <laughs> no, but that's a, so that was the main thing. And now they're talking about, uh, so this article is basically just explaining with NIL and everything, that money is getting funneled into that. Right. That was smart on Keith Carter's. One of the best moves he made. I've got such a bad feeling that no matter what, this could be Kiffin's last year. And I'm so nervous about it. Because one, either you think he, he either goes college or pro? One, or he either excels to the point where there's a huge bidding war for him. And okay. There's a school maybe with more resources that, that wants him. I mean, what could he do at Florida? If he can do this at Ole Miss, what can he do at a school that's won national championships? Or could your former AD steal him? Yeah. Ross Bjork. I mean, Who's take, where? take him to Ohio State. At Ohio State. <laughs> yeah. So that's what, or could he see that, you know, if he doesn't succeed, could he say, you know, I've seen all that I can do at Ole Miss. And that's what I'm worried about. Now, I'm, I'm saying this because I really want him to stay. Obviously, right. <laughs> but you got to think about it. Is there a possibility that no matter what, this could be his last season because all the chips are in? I mean, he's this is a one-year deal. If you look at the best players coming back from Ole Miss, like you kind of have to do it this year. All right. Now, what do you mean by do do just go to the college football playoff? I, I mean, at least second round. Oh, because so you could host a game. You could very well put yourself in position to host a game. December 20th, mm-hmm. if you don't get a buy. Yeah, I, I think you have to at least go second round for Lane to really believe that it's possible at Ole Miss. 
Okay. Because you know he wants a national championship. Well, absolutely. And so there's no way that he's going to, if he doesn't think that he can win it at Ole Miss, he's going to stay. I mean. Well, he's tried to get six other jobs. It's just ADs don't want to hire him, which is crazy. But, which is great for it's Keith great, Carter. Great for Ole Miss, Miss if that's true. If that's true, it's great well, for it Ole is, Miss. It's 100% true. Because I think he also, you know, he wants the right job. Wouldn't you say? Well, they've they've opened up Miami and LSU and Southern Cal and and some others. All right, Jeff Duncan, NOLA.com, NFL Saints, coming up next on the Farm Bureau Insurance Guest Line. Purchase new wiper blades from O'Reilly Auto Parts today and we'll install them for free. See better and drive safer with O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. And good morning. Welcome in. We are the Out of Bounds Show. We're brought to you by Farm Bureau Insurance. Bundle your car and home and save. With your local Farm Bureau insurance agent, any of the 82 counties in the state of Mississippi, favorites.com to get a quote in four minutes or less. Morning drive this morning, driven by your next Ford F-150, Mack Hike Ford, I-55 North in Jackson, pre-owned and new Ford F-150 trucks at Mack Hike Ford, I-55 North in Jackson. Welcome in our friend Jeff Duncan, uh, NOLA.com columnist, author, Long-time Saints NFL insider, and Jeff joins us on the Farm Bureau Insurance Guest Line. Uh, Jeff Duncan, how about that? How about those championship games yesterday, my man? Yeah, Bo, it was great theater. I have to admit I was uh, surprised at the Chiefs game. I was picking both favorites. Shows you what I know. Never never doubt Patrick Mahomes, but uh, still lived up to the hype both games, I thought. What the big thing today is to criticize Dan Campbell, head coach of the Detroit Lions, that he was too aggressive um, during the game. You have been covering the NFL for a long time, and you've covered big moments in Super Bowls and NFC Championship games and so on. Uh, where did it land for you, Jeff? Yeah, it's a good question. I know it's going to be the the topic of discourse today and I fall on the side of you, you don't change your philosophy once you get to the big the big uh you know moment I think you you kind of ride with what got you there I can think of a couple other instances like that Bo in, involving the Saints one of course right before the the infamous Nola no call if you remember the Saints had a first down and on first down uh, so I think it was a little over maybe two minutes left, two, a little less than two minutes left. Uh, Sean Payton elected to try a pass with, with Drew Brees to Mike Thomas. They're two best players on offense, uh, you know, all pro players, and they, they failed to connect on a routine play, and it stopped the clock for the Rams and ultimately gave gave them time to come down and kick the tying field goal. But, that's you know, they were looking to win the game right there and put it away. Uh, same thing in that in that famous – divisional playoff game against the, the 49ers with Greg Williams blitzing late uh, and giving up huge explosive plays to, to uh, Alex Smith and, and you know, the, the 49ers offense. Uh, that's the way Greg Williams played all year. A lot of people would say play prevent. Greg Williams didn't believe in that. So he wasn't going to do that in those instances and it cost the Saints. 
So you kind of live, you have to, if you're going to live that way, you're going to die that way at times. And you have to kind of be willing, I think, to, uh, you know, live with the consequences uh, because I think in the long run you're going to win more often than you're going to lose, but there are going to be times where you have to grin and bear it, like like yesterday with Dan Campbell. Yeah, he, he's done. Look, you've been covering this league for a long time, and um, I grew up. The Lions were the lovable losers. I mean, Jeff, he's done a remarkable job with that franchise, Dan Campbell. Right, and and I think exceeded expectations by everyone, and and had to build from the ground up. Right, I mean, he came in that organization had been just dilapidated uh, internally. The roster was bad. I think they went three and 13 his first year, but he stuck uh, to his guns and, and believed in the, the fundamentals that he learned from Sean Payton. I mean, I wrote my column over the weekend about it's very similar rebuilding job to the way Sean Payton came in and resurrected the saints franchise in 2006. Those were complete, uh, you know, startup operations to some degree because you were changing a mindset and a culture, and that takes time. And I think what they've built in Detroit under Campbell, and even if he loses Ben Johnson, which it looks like he will to the commanders, uh, I think they've got so much uh, positive, uh, you know, apparatus in place that, that they'll withstand that loss and be just fine. They've got a lot of young talent, uh, and he's done a remarkable job of getting people to buy in. There's going to be a lot of players in the league that want to go play for Dan Campbell. And that certainly wasn't the case, you know, in the last few years. Sure. Now that's a good point. That's a good point. Jeff Duncan, NOLA.com saints insider wrote the book, Peyton and breeze. And as we have talked about many a times, it is an excellent book behind the scenes on the run that they made, um, in new Orleans and Jeff had all access, which is I'm jealous, but it was a, it's a great book to read. I don't know if there's an off season, but, Pick it up, and you'll love it. Um, what impressed you the most, Jeff, about the 49ers in the second half yesterday? Well, I think, you know, staying the course, the mental toughness. The more I've covered the game, Bo, the longer I've covered it, the more that impresses me, what goes on between the ears more so than between the lines. And I think the mental toughness to not panic in the moment to believe in what got you there and stick to your guns. Uh, that That's hard to do in that moment, especially with so much pressure and so much stakes on the line. That's a good team they beat, man. Detroit played very well, and Detroit was dominating that first half. And you could tell, like, San Francisco was pressing a little bit, and then they just needed something good to happen. And once, it, once that flip, once, once that switch flipped, uh, you could see just how good a team that is. It's a very complete team, San Francisco. And, but also thought the young quarterback, I mean, he's wise and mature beyond his years. Uh, he made some big plays with his feet and mobility. Brock Purdy, I think, validated all the praise he's received this offseason. Uh, I think people keep wanting to label him because of where he was drafted, but you can see his maturity and why that offense believes in him, that team believes in him. Yeah. And that was a big moment for him in his career. Man, hurt he hurt him with his legs, didn't he? Yeah. Yeah, and – and look, you know, that, that's part of playing quarterback in this league now. You know, Peyton talked to me about that a lot. I mean, I think when you, you see the way the league has gone, the defense, they're so athletic now. You don't necessarily have to be, you know, uh, Lamar you know, Lamar Jackson. You, you just have to be someone like Brock Purdy that can scramble around. I mean, Patrick Mahomes is like that. 
you know, be able to, to make that third and long scramble and keep the chains moving. You have to have some level of mobility, and uh, that, that's certainly what Brock Purdy has. I, I just think even though Jared Goff took, took the lines that far and he's more of a classic drop back, and so is Matthew Stafford, and you can still win that way, I think it's becoming, uh, you know, the exception now, and the rule is they have mobility. Uh, are you going out to Las Vegas? I am not, and I wish I were because, you know, as you know, we have the Super Bowl here next year, and so New Orleans will have a large contingent in Las Vegas, obviously evaluating the process. Uh, the actual Super Bowl host committee that runs the Las Vegas Super Bowls is uh, being run by a New Orleanian, uh, you know, who worked at the New Orleans Sports Foundation. They hired him away because they'd never run a Super Bowl before in Las Vegas. They needed somebody with experience, and they went and got someone from New Orleans. So uh, I think it'll be a lot of connections out there, a lot of ties as we get ready for, for 2025. Wow. Okay. Uh, are you – so the 49ers are favored. Here we go again with the Chiefs being the underdog, and somehow they've – rallied around that even though they're the chiefs with Mahomes and Reed and Kelsey now Taylor um but 49ers by two and a half I know it's early but as you handicap this one what are you going one direction or another how, how do you see it yeah I mean I think I'm going to stick with the 49ers uh just because I think they're the more complete team but I learned my lesson yesterday you never count Pat Mahomes out. I mean, I did not expect him. I couldn't get out of my brain, Bo, that Christmas Day game against the Raiders where they just got dominated at home by the Raiders, and they just looked so out of sorts. But it's a good lesson in in adaptation and, uh, you know, the strength of a, of a coaching staff like Andy Reid has in place there and great leaders like Pat Mahomes to continue to evolve as a team, even that late in the season, that was Christmas day. And they look really, really out of sorts offensively. They got it fixed and uh, they've been a different team in the playoffs. And they have a belief from all the, uh, you know, confidence they've gained winning these big games. I mean, there'll be a tough out, but I just kind of feel like it's the 49ers year. It, both tight ends are unguardable, right? Yeah. Great point. I mean, we saw four great tight ends yesterday, right? Yeah, Laporta. Andrews, no Laporta. Yep. I mean, that, that position has become invaluable uh, in the NFL. We're seeing two all-timers in, in the Super Bowl, two of the best that ever do it. Um, yeah, and I really think defensively, you know, I, I was thinking a lot yesterday, to be honest with you, about Steve Spagnuolo. I mean, I think Saints fans forget. 2012. He was the Saints, he was the Saints defensive coordinator for a year and was unceremoniously fired by Sean Payton. And that was one that Sean, I bet, regrets today. He, he, you know, he sat out that year uh, under the bounty suspension, and he didn't get really no spags, even though he hired him. And he fired him at the Senior Bowl after you know he'd come back on board. And what the story I was told was that they were evaluating the 2012 defense, and Spagnuolo was saying, "Hey, we got to make these changes personnel-wise. This guy won't work in our system. This guy won't work in my system." Blah blah blah. And finally, at one point, Peyton said, well, look, we won a Super Bowl with a lot of these guys. Maybe we need to change you out instead of the players. And he fired him. And I think that was an impetuous, kind of impulsive Sean Payton move uh, that he made as a younger coach that he probably wouldn't make today. Uh, but it, it is remarkable that they have someone of that quality here on defense. And it, it really 
started a spiral defensively for years. It with, did. Uh, you know, Rob Ryan, and uh, it led to a lot of bad Saints football, and it didn't have to be that way. Oh, Jeff Duncan, uh, columnist, NOLA.com, Saints Insider on the Farm Bureau Insurance Guest Line. So I made a note about that, about Steve Spagnola and Jason and I talked about how he was the coordinator for one year in 2012. Then he had to go be an, uh, you know, an assistant head coach for the Ravens. Um, that was a bad move by Sean and, and Spagnola is really, you could make a strong argument, Jeff. He was the architect for the 2007 New York giants defense, defensive coordinator, right? And then now what he's doing, this may be his fourth Super Bowl If the chiefs win, could we, could we make a strong argument that he's the most successful coordinator, regardless of side of the ball in the two thousands in the NFL? Oh, no question. I mean, that the Giants season, a lot of people believe it's one of the best coaching jobs in the history of the league, that, that, that defensive performance, especially in the Super Bowl. And I think what he's doing now with this defense, uh, they're, they're the strength of the Chiefs now, not the offense. And we saw it yesterday. So, yes, you have to say that, that he, he ranks right up there. And it, it amazes me the rush – that we see in the league now, everybody wants to hire young, 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 you know, up and coming. They want to catch lightning in a bottle. And you have really talented, proven guys like Steve Spagnuolo who probably never get an opportunity to be a head coach. Yeah, he's so good. And like, and he's just, he's so overshadowed because of Mahomes and Kelsey and Reed. And we love offense, as you know. I mean, you write and you, you know, everything you do, Everything. A lot of what we do is offensive driven. I mean, that's what. That's why we yep. sit down with nachos and a Patron cocktail and and watch the game. And I, I walk in this morning, and Jason, and I and I'm I'm like, Jason, Steve Spagnola is the. It should be the lead topic. I've been in here for three hours this morning. We've got Jeff. We've got Good Morning Football on the NFL Network, and we've got ESPN on, and it's all offense. And I get it, but it's right. just. He, he, I think you nailed it. He could have been. I, I think he's the MVP. Of the Chiefs. Yeah, look what he's done with LeJarrius Sneed. I mean, there's a guy, I wrote about him a few years ago, Louisiana kid, North Louisiana. You know, it happens, right? It happens in Mississippi. happens in Louisiana. There's so many talented players, and they slip through the cracks in the recruiting process, ends up at Louisiana Tech, goes, gets drafted mid-rounds, and he's one of the probably five best cornerbacks in the league right now. He's going to get paid, and Steve Spagnuolo and his defense – have really built around his ability to shut down. He's their Marshawn Lattimore. And, um, yeah, finding great athletes that fit his system, that's what he was trying to do that day with Sean Payton. And um, Payton didn't want to hear it, and I think he (laughs) regrets that to this day. That is a great story. Jeff Duncan on the Out of Bounds show, he he wrote the book, Payton and Breeze. And Steve Spagnuolo was the defensive coordinator 2012, and that was the year Sean was suspended. And then uh, Jeff just walked us through the story of Peyton firing him at the Senior Bowl and got to be one of the biggest regrets, as successful as Sean was. When was the last time you talked to Sean Peyton, Jeff? Uh, a couple of weeks ago, maybe sooner than that, just about the Hall of Fame process. I always like to pick his brain about, you know, I'm on the Hall of Fame committee and uh, always want to get his thoughts on some of the candidates as, as we're getting ready to elect the class of 2024. So talk to him, and I mean, just just today, um, I mean, I, I'm getting ready to report this, so I'll break it on your show. It's not a big story, but 
he's hired away the, the Saints assistant director of college scouting, Cody Rager. And Cody is probably not well known to your listeners, but he is a integral uh, person in the Saints building. He's basically Jeff Ireland's right-hand man. Oh, wow. If Jeff Ireland ever left, uh, you know, which he's done some interviews for general manager positions, that's who would be the head of college scouting with the Saints. And Peyton, as he's wont to do, plucked him away, and he, Cody's going to go work uh, for Sean in Denver. And that's a big loss for the Saints because he's very well thought of, a rising star in the scouting community and getting a big promotion, so it's good for him and his and his young family. Wow. Okay. Jeff Duncan, NOLA.com on the Farm Bureau Insurance Guest Line. Sean takes a uh, key piece of the puzzle from Mickey Loomis and Jeff Ireland and the New Orleans Saints. Well, let's go into this. So they're going to run it back with Dennis Allen. And we're going to see what they do on offense. And you and I text back and forth, and you're like, oh, no, he's coming back. Well, I think they won four or five to end the year. But they had correct it, what I thought was – I think in my lifetime, the easiest schedule they'll ever draw. So I got to weigh this. You know, the NFC South wasn't that good. I mean, Tampa Bay came on. Uh, they 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 didn't face really, really tough QBs, either backups or rookies and so on. Um, how much confidence do you have that running this back will get the Saints where they want to go, Jeff? Yeah, look, I'm dubious to be honest with you. I think by now we'd see more uh, from what we're looking at, right? I mean, I think the schedule is something that matters. That gives context. When the Saints stepped up last year in class and played the Lions and the the Rams of the world, they were competitive. I've written about that, Bo. I I think they led in those games for a total of like one minute against – the entire five teams they played that made the playoffs. I mean, it just if you exclude the, the the Bucks game they won, so they just were not competitive at all. And I think that matters. I mean, that's where the standard the standard in the building, in my opinion. I, I don't know if I've told you this before, but I've been asked a lot about what's wrong. You know, what do I think? And and I think what we do in society these days when we find a problem is we want to be reductivist, right? We want to reduce it down to something simple, like it's it's. Pete Carmichael's fault. That's it. Right. Or it's it's Derek Carr's fault. That you know they want to simplify it. It's not that simple. It, in my opinion, when you lose two great leaders like Sean Payton and Drew Brees, generational talents at the most high-profile positions in the NFL, you lose a standard of operation that that just is an immersive effect throughout the building they held that everyone in that building to a high standard and it just gets lower the bar it's human nature you have somebody that's a that's kind of a taskmaster that holds you to a high standard in the building holds you to a certain level of accountability and they leave everyone exhales a little bit and your your performance goes down just a little bit that's all it takes in the nfl it's so competitive there's so much on the line the stakes are so high that everything gets lowered a little bit and you end up 500. And that's what, in my opinion, has happened. It's not just Pete Carmichael. It's not just the quarterback. It's everything. And that's why it's so hard to fix. And that's why you have to have these generational leaders like Sean Payton in there. Sean Payton was a perfect fit for the Saints organization. Yes, he was. He was could be dictatorial. <laughs> yes, he could be crazy at times. 
but he was a visionary and he understood the big picture as a head coach and he understood more than just his brilliance with X's and O's. He was like a psychiatrist and understood how to motivate players and could get problem players like, you know, guys like Mike Thomas or guys like Jeremy Shockey. He'd get them to play and operate within a system. And uh, you see when he leaves the building, all that starts to fall apart. And so I just think it's it's much greater than just one thing, but ultimately it has to go back to the very top. And I, I'm not sure it's going to get fixed in one off season. Do you think it's, we've got a couple of minutes here. Yeah. Jeff Duncan, NOLA.com. This is great. Do Is it fixable? Do you believe that Mickey Loomis with all the success he's had can get this right without a Sean think- or a Drew, like you're talking about Andy Reed, Mahomes, uh, Shanahan, Lynch, you know. I think they'd have to catch lightning in the bottle again, you know, with a Drew Brees-type quarterback or a Sean Payton-type head coach. I think they'd have to do that. Otherwise, I think the track record speaks for itself. I mean, they look a lot like the teams that I covered before the Payton-Brees era. Yes. And that is, like a lot of other teams in the league, you're going to be competitive, and if things go right, you get the breaks that year, you stay healthy, you win some of those 50-50 games, you make the playoffs, but you're not really a threat to win the Super Bowl. But you're in the playoffs, and you win a game maybe, and then when things don't go your way, you end up 7-10. and 10, You know, I just think that's the way it's going to be, and that's how most of the league is. And the days of the Saints being elite 13-3 and three, I think are over. I agree with you. All right, we'll leave it. Man, and you just described what happened in New Orleans. I'll take it locally here and at in college. We are two big teams, Mississippi State and Ole Miss. Dan Mullen had that edge. He mm-hmm. elevated the program at Mississippi State. He would F-bomb people and held people to a high standard. Some would say he was maniacal. But they did things that they had never done. And when he left, everybody just dropped their guard. You just described it perfectly just a little bit and lost a little bit of their edge. And I'll take it to here, even though we won't have them going forward. In the SEC West, when you're not one of the elite recruiters, you have to have all of what I just described. You see where I'm going, Jeff? That's kind of what the Saints are, the the Mississippi State of the NFL in a way, right? So you have to have that. And that's what Dan Campbell has brought to the Detroit Lions. Yes, yes. Thing, yes. that edge that allows you to punch above your weight class. Yes. And, and Sean Payton did it for 16 years. Mm. And, you know, and I think he got burnt out on it and needed a break. I know he did and needed a break and walked away. and didn't know how long it was going to take. And I think he would have come back here as I've written and the saints did not want to bring him back. And I think that was a cardinal sin. I think they're going to pay regret that for a long time. Wow. All right. I could do another 30 minutes, but our show's, uh, that was awesome. Thank you so much for uh, for hanging out with us today. Jeff Duncan, uh, columnist, NOLA.com, author, Peyton and Breeze, and that was really good on the championship games and kind of where where the Saints are headed or not headed um, as they go through this. Still, they're going through post-Peyton and Breeze, just like Mississippi State, post-Dan Mullen. Jeff Duncan, be good, man. Thank you, buddy. Thanks for having me on, Bo. Take care, buddy. Jeff Duncan, NFL insider, uh, Saints insider, columnist, NOLA.com. Covered the game for over 30 years.
that was good, the way he framed up kind of where the Saints were, what they've been going through, and where they're probably headed. Now, mm-hmm. Saints fans may be throwing, you know, beer cans in their living room or office. Maybe not beer cans. Diet Coke cans. Yeah. It's <laughs> 10 o'clock in the morning after listening to that. But, hey, one thing about Jeff, he is, you don't always see this in this state. Um, I mean, he calls it like he sees it. Heavy opinion. This is it. He's not scared to be critical. He's also, he will also give the Saints credit when, it, right? Yeah, yeah. But he will call you know, call them out, call a spade a spade. And, um, interesting. Okay. Senior bowls coming up in mobile too. I want to, we may hit that. Um, tomorrow we got Mike Dettelier at eight 30. Guess who else we have tomorrow? Who's that? Justin Parker, new Mississippi state pitching coach who came in from the South Carolina Gamecocks. He's going to have to get Gerangelo and dome and those guys going for Lamonis to punch his ticket and extend his stay in Starville. We're on Spotify. Search Out of Bounds and Bow Bounds. See ya. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer and set of offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark.